This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Tiffany Keen Schaefer, and she talks to me about her love of live action role play or LARP. Tiffany is the artistic director and founder of the Otherworld Theater Company, which specifically aims to produce sci fi and fantasy plays. So this kind of goes hand in hand with her love of live action role play. She's seen a lot of immersive theater and participated in a lot of LARPs and doesn't see too much of a difference aside from how much you're actually incorporating the people who come to see your show or in this case, the people who come to participate in the LARP. So along with Otherworld Theater, Tiffany has also organized Chronicles of the Realm, which is a series of two-day LARPs that they put on in the Midwest, in the kind of surrounding Illinois, Wisconsin area. And I would encourage you to look up more information about this, especially if her descriptions of the weekends sound interesting. Uh, check out chroniclesofthealm.com for more information, and you can actually participate in the next round that comes up in March. So definitely seek that out. Another thing that I would encourage you to seek out is information about Otherworld Theater's new space. So they're working on purchasing a space that was previously occupied by the Public House Theater here in Chicago, a place where myself and the Nerdalogs and Otherworld subsequently have put up a lot of shows in the past. And I really think that the venue would be great for them and it would be really exciting for them to have a home base. So if you'd like to Check out their Indiegogo campaign for that. Look into the other details that they have planned for the space. And generally just support live theater, especially where it pertains to science fiction and fantasy. Then definitely, definitely head over to otherworldtheater.org. There are 501c3, so any donations you make are tax-deductible ones. If that isn't enough live theater and live action role play for you to check out, I have even more offerings. The Nerdalogs have their monthly Your Stories show this Sunday at 7 p.m. at the Logan Theater. That will be our annual Fan Fiction February show, and we have some guests from the podcast Potterotica. So, if you're a Harry Potter fan at and or a fan fiction fan. I can't recommend that enough to you. And if you can't make it here in Chicago at the Logan, then it will be up as a podcast shortly thereafter in the Your Stories feed. So check out Your Stories, which is a fellow member of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Another show that I would recommend in the Chicago Podcast Co-op, based on the topic of LARPing, is The Campaign. So it's a group of Chicago improvisers who do an RPG campaign week by week, 
it's set in the world of Star Wars. It's hosted by Cat Cool, and if you like listening to uh, live role plays, then I can't recommend the campaign and One Shot and a plethora of other shows that aren't in the Chicago Podcast Co-op enough. Lastly, but certainly not least, the Nerdlogs are releasing an album on March 9th. So mark your calendars for that, but more fun. Mark your calendars for the day after, March 10th, when we'll be doing an album release show at 1917 North Elston. We're going to play the entire album and the sketches that come in between that don't necessarily involve music. We're going to have some guest performers there to perform all the tracks on the album with us because we called in some assistance for it musically and comedically and I think it's going to be a really really good time. It's our 8th anniversary as a group and we will celebrate that after and it'll be a great place to get a copy of the album. So check March 10th on your cal that night. It's going to be a good time. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this conversation with Tiffany Keen Schaefer. Never. If I can sleep for an extra five seconds, I will take it. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Like, five seconds, I'll be like, I have five more seconds, man. I'm just going to milk this. Yeah, that sounds like the uh, the stylings of someone who works really hard. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. You, like, made my slothness into, like, a compliment. That takes talent right there. Uh, that means it, man. Uh, I really think there's something to be said for like. But I can stay up. Oh, that's how I am too. Yeah, it's like, a dangerous combo. It is. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, like my my mind can like snap awake at like 11:30, and I was like, "That's a great idea. I'm gonna do that right now." And then that'll be another three hours, and yeah. then I'll go to bed. Yeah, like uh, I said, dangerous that, that muse, that muse comes to me. In the in the in the midnight, <laughs> I love and that. I must answer her call. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get mad that I'll think of something or want to do something at like you said, like eleven thirty at night, and I'm like, I'm so awake, and I'm supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, and my mind's not going to turn off at that point, so I might as well just finish the task. Like actually, last night it was actually funny. Um, I like I was like about to fall asleep, and I like wake. I'm like, I should do a Mailchimp, Hilarious. and it should go out at. Probably eight thirty because that's when people go on the ACTA. Right. I've got to do that right now, and I just like jumped out of bed, and uh, it was it was bad. But it was bad. did that Mailchimp get out? Uh, no, because people have to prove it. Uh, fair you enough. Know? Fair enough. But you got the ball rolling. But, yeah, it's it's ready to go. It'll go. So it out might be tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow at eight thirty. <laughs> Yes. I mean, this will go out tomorrow, so you could uh, throw I this could just in, put there. That in there. Yeah. <laughs> you want to learn more about this cool exactly. project? Exactly. It was meant to be. See, and that's another thing too. Like sometimes, you know, I was mad that I couldn't go out this morning, but now I can add this. <laughs> there you go. Not divorce your hand, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> my lovely guest today is Tiffany Keen Schaefer, and we're going to talk about live action role play. Uh, and I guess to start this conversation, what do you feel like the origin of your love for LARPing was? Theater. Yeah? Theater. Uh, that's what's so surprising to me. Like, I know that some people are like, oh, LARP. That's for real, real <laughs> nerds. You know, like, <laughs> nerds judge LARPers. And I, I think it's totally unfair. Um, 
So, you know, when building Otherworld Theater, um, one of the shows that we did was called Gone Dark. And I don't know if you heard about Gone Dark. I did. I talked to Mary-Kate and Moira about Gone Dark years ago. Yes. Uh, So that was an immersive vampire hunter play. And we took over this old gothic church and, you know, built out all these rooms so you would follow these vampire hunters. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was around Halloween. It was like a super special show. Um, very, very intense. Every room had its own rigging of like lights and sound and it was enormous undertaking. Yeah. But it was like so successful and people loved being immersed. Yeah. And I was like, um, you know, as a, you know, theater, like my, my mind kept going, like, how can I make this farther into immersion? Wouldn't it be so cool if you could also be a vampire hunter and experience the same story? Yeah. And then someone was like, well, that's a LARP. (laughs) At that point, that is a LARP. And I was like, that is a LARP. But wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't you want to, you know, it's like a game. You get to game. You get to, it's like an immersive video game. Who doesn't want to experience that? That's basically what video games are going to is like virtual reality and things like that because it's an attempt to get the player even more into the game. Yes, exactly. So it's a live video game. And I feel like people miss that disconnect of what LARP is. They're just like, oh, it's foam foam swords, you're in the middle of the woods, and you're just banging on each other. And I was like, no, these these can be immersive stories that you get to participate in, you get to be your own protagonist in, and you get to interact with the actors like they're NPCs in a video game. So that's kind of what got the ball rolling of like, okay, well, if I was going to build this thing, what would it look like? What would I want it to be? Um, You know, uh, fast forward a little bit. I went and saw um, Sleep No More in New York, um, which is, uh, for those who maybe not have heard of it, it's an immersive show. Um, It takes place like five floors and it's Macbeth, but it's like a dreamlike Macbeth. And they have realized streets that you can go in and you can go into all the shops and you can take candy. And there's rooms and there's forests. And it's it's like I loved this scenography yeah. of Sleep No More. Uh-huh. I hated <laughs> that I didn't know what was happening. Interesting. That was my, I was like, I wanted people to talk to each other and yeah. I wanted I wanted to talk to them. And you they're like, more so story. I wanted it to be a LARP. Is essentially nah. what I, I was like, I, th- these these rooms are so great. I wish I knew who you were. Yeah. I think you're Macbeth. I'm not sure you're Macbeth. No, you're not Macbeth. You just died. You can't be Macbeth. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was so frustrated that like no one would talk to each other and I, I didn't know the stakes of the world I was in. Yeah. Um, but I mean, people love it. Some people are like, oh my God, you know, the, it's a, it was very movement based. So there's no actual Shakespeare words. Um, it is Macbeth, but it's all like dance and you are figuring out the story from the like montages that happen around you. Interesting. Um, and everyone's in masks. That is a, uh, a patron. So you're like in this world of masks, um, which I think works for that show, but I was also like, I wish I would know what the point of view of my fellow man was about this. Right. Um, so that's why I took away from Sleep No More. So that was more about like, oh, the I liked the level of the of the design. Mm-hmm. Could I translate that into a LARP experience? So that was, you know, uh, that was another niche on the on the belt of 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 okay, like maybe one day I'll be ready for that and massive undertaking. Right. Um, 
then I went, uh, there is this, uh, a LARP YouTuber called Momo O'Brien. And she, <laughs> she has a channel and she pretty much talks about LARP and like, um, and, and reviews LARPs. She goes to LARPs all over the world and she reviews them. And she did one on this Harry Potter LARP that is in Poland. And you go there and it's a castle and it's immersive and you go there for a week. What? And you become a student. A week. A week. Or like oh four my days. God. Like, Still like yeah. multiple days of and a you, Harry Potter LARP. And you are a student and there's classes that you go to and there's a ball at the end. And you end. go to like meals and shit. Yeah. And there's That's houses. wild. That sounds incredible. <laughs> right. And people are like, and I say that to them and I'm like, but that's a LARP. And then they're like, that's not really a LARP. And I was like, that is... How is that not? Definitely a LARP. Yeah. You are LARPing. You are live action role playing. Like, break it down. If, it's... if LARP scares you, just say it's live action role play. Yeah. Um, it's the definition, basically. It's right there in the title. Right there in the title. And there's all sorts of LARPs. There is, you know, there is a pirate LARP where you go on a ship for four days and you are a pirate on a ship and you get to be a character on a ship and you're a pirate. So, I mean, these are now these are blockbuster LARPs. So these are bigger scale LARPs. But I feel like it's becoming more of a thing. Um, like they're talking about the Star Wars hotel where you're going to go to, you know, Disney is building this hotel where what, oh, once you walk I in. I did hear about that. You are a they they cast you as a character and people will interact with you differently. Being like, oh, hello, you know, traveler. Welcome <laughs> to this hotel. You know, I am. Bobbly Goon Pound. Bob, Bobbly Goon Pound. <laughs> and I'm going to show you to your room now. And like, you know, every room has a different designation. So like your story will be different depending on what room you have. Man. That is LARP. That's totally LARP. But I, I wouldn't have ever really considered those kind of like, you know, the idea of a blockbuster LARP is something that I did not really consider or was completely aware of you know outside of something like sleep no more as an immersive uh theatrical experience i only really imagined it as like you said you know the end of role models where everyone has foam swords and everyone's kind of talking about how nerdy it is <laughs> like yeah it, you know and it's so you know that watching momo's um expose on the harry potter larp was like that is amazing i want to bring that here to the Midwest. Yeah. Like, I can't afford to go to Poland. Right. I will probably never be able to afford to go to Poland. Um, so, because I'm a starving artist. Yeah, I was going to say, because um, you're a theater maker. <laughs> I'm a theater. I do theater, and that's, you know, yeah. that's the cross I bear. Sure. Um, is there, would there be a way to bring this to the Midwest? And so I'm like, well, I need to start looking at castles. <laughs> so I looked for castles and I found some and I was like, oh, that's cool. I can rent out these castles and I can. So then it was like based on the space, right? Because like you're building now because it's, it's immersive. So you have to find the location. So there is a castle. It's called Stronghold and it's in Oregon, Illinois. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's like a like two hours uh, west of here. Um. I I scouted the location and m immediately like once you see locations you're like okay this is kind of the story starts popping in your head of like what you can really develop. Uh -huh. Um and then I went to one of my best friends in the world uh who's the managing director of Otherworld Mary Kate Arnold uh -huh. and I said I want to build a LARP and she goes yeah, let's do it. When when is it? I want to do it right now. And I was like hold the phone. We have a lot of work to do. Um 
because I I did I wanted I wanted to build this world, and that's where Chronicles of the Realm um, started. Uh, so like it's a lot of other world people, uh-huh. but then we're like, hey, we're gonna do this immersive theatrical experience. Do you want to do it with us? And so other world was like, yeah, let's do it. Right. So it's technically a separate thing, but it's a very it's very much the same world. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I feel like it's an it's the same wheelhouse. It's a it's theater. Yeah. So I just, I do say like when I'm marketing it, it's a theatrical LARP. So people are like not immediately like, oh, that's combat, right? Foam swords, right? Because you can do that in LARPs, but that's not all LARPs. There's different types of LARPs. Um, ours is more of a lore. Uh, narrative-based LARP. I kind of say, like, there's, like, the Skyrim style where you're, like, going around. Open world. Open world, and I want to beat up that guy. I'm going to beat up that guy. And there is a quest, but it's not really about the quest. It's more about, like, the journey and, like, becoming the best Mary Sue ever. Cool. Which is, like, Skyrim. Like, you are the Mary Sue of that universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You were in charge of all guilds. Right. And... (laughs) <laughs> all all factions. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's like, yeah, that's just that guy. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I say that uh, Chronicles is more of a Bioware game. Okay. Where it's much more about the NPCs. It's much more about interacting with your fellow um, players and uncovering really like what's the truth going on here. So like finding clues Finding the riddles, cool. um, asking the right questions. So maybe like an uncharted kind of thing. Uh, I'm a little more familiar with like those games than I am Bioware, but Uncharted is very much like uh, it's. A, it feels like Indiana Jones video games. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. you kind of like storm into temples and have to like shift rocks and puzzles and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like Nathan Drake. Cool. You know, finding out he has a an, an, a lost brother. Yes. That you didn't hear about in the other game. Yeah. But you're going to go with it because the voice acting is so great. And you're like, yeah. I'm immersed. I love this. I'm I'm for this ride. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then I'm then I'm on board. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I just kind of want to stress that like Chronicles of the Realm, like it's not necessarily about the battle mechanics. It's about why you're battling. Cool. Where there are LARPs that it's like, I want to wail on this guy. And yeah. I, you know, frustration and like. I feel like popular media media has kind of created this image of what that looks like. For sure. And it's not what that looks like in actual reality. It's actually very intense. And there are people who have like very strict regulations of like, you can only bring this type of weapon. It needs to be made by this, these manufacturers because we want to keep it in world. And these foam weapons, they are technically like foam latex weapons, but they look like epic armory, like makes this beautiful sword. And you would never know unless you were like touching. It. Like holding, yeah, holding yeah. it, and even when you hold it, you're like this. I it's feel, heft. I feel powerful. I love I that. Feel, this is not, this is not someone who made this in their basement. Yeah, like, it's is... not like a shaved down pool noodle. It's like <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and I feel like that's why sometimes LARPs gets a bad rap. But really, it's like you know, a co- cosplay enthusiasts are starting to get into LARP a lot. Yeah, I Because can, they course. invest so much in their costumes and they're like, and I go, they go to the conventions, but then they're like, I wish I could go into a world where I could be this character for two days. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, that's exact, and that's kind of where you know chronicles have kind of blossomed. So when um, does that uh, come to fruition? Like fruition. What's the timeline? Um, well, we did chapter one already. Awesome. Yeah. So that was at Stronghold Castle. Uh, Man, cool. Uh, it was two days. It's all inclusive, so it includes your food and all the foods in world, and your quarters are in world. Uh, Stronghold is really funny because we made it the the rangers the rangers castle. Because um, it's out in the middle of nowhere, and you're like surrounded by woods and forests, and like it has amenities like bathrooms and stuff, but it also like is kind of like buggy, and it rained one of the nights, and like water started coming from the ceiling. Oh no! And I like as an organizer, you're like, oh my god, people are gonna start asking for their money back. This is terrible, and everyone was like, oh my god, I'm in a castle. That's amazing. It's a real castle. That's where the so rain. Beautiful that you just have to get people to like buy into the experience. I did not have to, and like that's the players are so great because they just like take they took it and made it a gift. They were like, "Who I will never wake up again to a thunderstorm where I'm looking up and I wake up in a castle and like rain is kind of pouring down the walls." Oh my god! Um, and it was like that was like it was like the mages tower. So they were like, they were kind of like already like in the magical arts and everything. So right. they were like already like, I'm sold. This is great. That's um, awesome. Where I was like, oh my God, there's bugs everywhere. How are we going to? And then like the players were like, these these rangers with their, they, they have no sanitary. Oh you know, my like they gosh. just like made it a part of the world. And yeah. it was so great. That's and then wild. the rangers were like, oh, our friends are here. Oh, my gosh. It was great. That's amazing. Yeah, they take, you know, and, and so the things that I sometimes panic about are the things that, like, players, like, always remember. Yeah. And it's in a good way. Right, right. Um, yeah. our next and you can't plan for stuff like that. You, I, I, you know, I when I did my tour, it was during, in the winter, so I didn't realize, like... There might be bugs, bugs. and yeah. things like that. And it is a it is like a castle. It was made in the 1920s by an oil baron, and he just made this castle because he could. Ugh. And then he lost all of his money, and he went broke and had to sell. And he sold the castle. Hilarious! Uh, hilarious! And like no one knows it's there, and it's just hanging out. And it's like it's a massive castle. Uh, so we were. I mean, it was just like really fortunate that it was close. Yeah. And uh, and there. That's awesome. Um. So our next one is uh, March 9th, uh, March 9th and March 9th to the 11th, um, Chronicles of the Realm, and that is also going to be an all-inclusive weekend. It's not at Stronghold because uh, the story takes us to another location, which is another really cool thing about our game is that the players' decisions and choices kind of reflect on what is going to happen Cool in the world of the game. Yeah. Uh, so we don't like for chapter three, I have no idea where that's going to be because the players haven't made that choice for me yet. Um, I have some ideas of where we could go, obviously, cause I have to also do location scouting, but, right. um, yeah, like that choice has to be made by the players of like where we go and like who they, who they allegiant, like who, who they side with and stuff. Um, so the next one is at the Decoven estate, which is the Corson house. And the Corsons are like assassins, black market, new money. Uh, so I'm like, that can't be at the Ranger estate. So we had to find a new location. And this one's in Racine, Wisconsin. And it's actually closer. It sounds like it's yeah. farther away. I bet you're right. Yeah. And it's yeah. actually closer. Racine's not far at all. It's not far. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's all inclusive. Um, 
And there's actually, it's there's no bugs in this one. <laughs> they, the Corzins would never have bugs. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, food's included, and there's like a great hall, and it's like an old. It used to be an old college. That it was built. It's like one of the oldest colleges in the United States. Wow. Yeah, DeCoven, the DeCoven Center. If you guys want to Google it, um, it's it's like it's very gothic and feel. And it was built for men who wanted to become pastors oh, in like wow. the 1800s. Yeah. Um, and so it's like it's like very sacred. And there's this huge cathedral, like in the middle of the state. Uh huh. And uh, a royal wedding is going to take place. So you get to attend the royal wedding. Um, and it's so funny because the LARPer, Momo O'Brien, who I watched her videos, is coming. No way! So now she gets to come to my life. So it's like That cerebral. is awesome! So yeah, I invited her and I was like, maybe this will happen. And she was like, I'm coming! And I was like, oh my god! That's so cool, man. It's very like, if you build it. <laughs> if you build it. That is exactly what... You know, if if you get any message, like any message whatsoever, like if you want to build, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Uh, Never, you know, you only live once, man. You got to build your dreams. The worst thing that could have happened when you reached out to her to ask her is for her to say no. Yeah. Like there's nothing worse that could happen. That She's not going to like insult you or something. It's you never know until you get a yes or no. Exactly. I, Okay. So this is going to be a great segue because awesome uh, <laughs> segue time. Sorry, um, Our World Theater is um, taking over the old Public House Theater, and we're trying to build the first venue dedicated to science fiction and fantasy. And it's a massive undertaking, and it's a risk. But we feel that this venue, there's no venue like it in the world. Um, and sometimes it's really hard for people to be taken seriously when they write for science fiction and fantasy, particularly for the stage, because there's a lot of academic squabbling in the theatrical community of like, what, what is real theater? And, oh, it should be realism and live and you should have a kitchen sink on stage and and cook bacon. And that's real (laughs) theater. Um, and we're like, we can also build spaceships on right. stage. And that's also really, that's also real theater. And replicate bacon. And replicate bacon. <laughs> Earl Grey hot. Um, that would be awesome. That One day. Awesome. One day. Um, but, uh, so we're like, you know, every movement needs a space. Every, you know, and we've done a lot of work at the public house and the public house wasn't going to renew their lease. And we're like, we should jump on this. This is not going to happen again. It's already there. There's two theatrical spaces in it. We should do it. Um, we launched our Indiegogo yesterday, and I've just been like, maybe I should ask people to retweet this. I asked Neil Gaiman. No shit. <laughs> Please retweet this. This is a dream of ours. Um, if, you know, and he did. That's and amazing. He did. I'm going to cry. That's so cool. It would never have happened if I had not asked. Yeah. I mean, his, his wife did write The Art of Asking. But still, hilarious. It's true. Still, but yeah, he retweeted it, and we got so much, so many people retweeting it because Neil Gaiman retweeted it, and I was like, "Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil Gaiman. If you listen to this podcast, (laughs) that made my night." Um, But yeah, like you can't be scared, really. You know, and obviously, don't retweet at celebrities for like every single show that you're doing. Yes, make it make it worth it. And I and I don't usually like bug celebrities, but this feels like a big important thing. 
um, that I feel like science fiction and fantasy writers, authors, artists can really get behind of like a performance venue dedicated to the genre. Yeah. So I don't, I, this was a big fish and I'm like, if I'm going to go for it, it's pick your battles. That's really, um, really smart. And you know, if you had spent a bunch of that energy on like each individual show trying to get, you know, <laughs> right. I'm doing, I'm doing a one night thing. Right. Uh, then, then, you know, you end up kind of annoying the people who follow, the other world and all this stuff because it's like okay we get it like you guys are you know hungry to to get some retweets but in that instance like with this thing that you know you're kind of pushing all your chips (laughs) I'm like putting all the chips on the table and I'm like okay universe yeah uh do you want this thing to exist it's pretty much that's you know I'm, I'm 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 putting it out there in the universe that's a really good way to think about it too because there's so many projects that you know don't find support on Kickstarter or Indiegogo for one reason or another and a lot of people will sink themselves into you know kind of disrepair because they're like no no I can still do it but it's like if there isn't an interest and you didn't find it then you either have to work harder on whatever it is that you're trying to do or move on like you know as as someone who's been a part of other kickstarters like (laughs) I've kind of learned that that's part of the process is like there are plenty of projects that don't get off the ground and you know for one reason or another and one of those reasons is sometimes it just doesn't find its audience but you know, if you can find it and you work to find it, like you guys are obviously doing, and all the work that you've put into the company leading up to this, uh, it really kind of speaks for itself, I think, in a lot of ways. So, Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, but for people who are listening, make your Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Just do it. For sure. Like, yeah, you only I do, live I, once in the world. If you have a dream... Like build the thing yeah. and work, and I, I, I'm all about putting all the chips in the basket. And sometimes that really scares my husband. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, that's all your chips." Yeah, but it's all or nothing. I think um, that's and a this good is combo a, to have someone, cut, you know, standing next to you, going like, the, "Are you sure?" He is the business guy. Yeah. I will have to admit, like, yeah. I have like there, there's some meetings where he's like, "Okay, let me do most of the talking because <laughs> it's a numbers thing. Yeah. You're not the numbers girl. You're the idea girl." Yeah. Um, so I do the, I do, I do the passion pitch and then he's like, and this is how we'll pay for it. That's awesome. Uh, (laughs) that works, man. That's, that's the team. It does. And that, that is our dynamic. Um, and he does ground me, but he, he also was like, well, this is what you have. These are the numbers to make that thing happen. Right. So it's a very important person to have. Totally. And I don't want to negate that at all. And, Um, and I will say, uh, your note to encourage people is definitely the right one. I'm not trying to discourage anyone. (laughs) I'm just encouraging. But don't be just like, yeah. And you know what? The Indiegogo might not reach its goal. Um, flexible funding is awesome for that reason. Right. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's not, we didn't do a Kickstarter because we were like, if we can make twenty thousand, like we I can make it's it work, more of a project for Indiegogo. Like I think Kickstarter is better for you know physical product, uh, but I think mm-hmm. Indiegogo is is definitely the right call for you guys. Yeah, um, yeah, we did that. You know, obviously the flexible funding really is helpful, but like you know, if we don't make our goal on Indiegogo, um, which is a, it's a lofty goal for for an Indiegogo, but it's also like a physical space. Yeah. Um, we're making a home out of something. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, we were a little bit lofty with it. But at the end of the day, like, what I think is really the driving force around it, for me at least, is like, it's not, 
it's no longer just about other world theater anymore. Um, it's about all these playwrights who are like, I can't get my play produced anymore because I'm writing science and fiction and fantasy and these, and these big companies are saying th- th- those things are unstageable, which is ludicrous. It's about like, hey, I have, you know, um, I do improvised Black Mirror and I would like a home <laughs> for this. Right. And I'm like, that would be, this would be, this would be a the home, home for, for you. It, right. Um, so, you know, that's, and I was getting into it a little bit before we started the podcast, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm Frodo in a lot of <laughs> ways. Uh-huh. I have the one ring and there's like so much responsibility and so many hopes and dreams. Um, but I want to make it work. So I'm going to go to Mordor <laughs> and I'm going to go to the city and I'm going to be like, here's the permits I need. Uh, hopefully it's enough. Uh, but but yeah, I just, you know, I, I feel I feel that pressure, but I also feel like it's it's just a necessary um, aspect because it breaks my heart when I hear, you know, I was actually in a meeting just two, two weeks ago with a director and playwright who um, wants to write science fiction and fantasy and was told by her playwriting professors that they'll never get produced. And I was so That's angry. Wild. I was so angered. Um, yeah, That's they're just, really, it's so heartbreaking. I can't, it's really frustrating that there would be that much of a stigma within what should be such an open, uh, creative community. And like, I'm like, I'm really tempted to like email this professor and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> if anyone else comes to you and wants to write science fiction and fantasy plays, tell them about this company. <laughs> well, tell them about this company, but also like, it's not that different from a living room play. A good science fiction or fantasy will still have the same elements as realism on yeah, stage. It's just be like, watch an episode of Star Trek and tell me that it's not <laughs> Parks and Rec in space. <laughs> and I will tell you you're wrong. <laughs> Picard might be like, um, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> we have a tight ship around here. There's no, no fiddle faddle. Yeah. Um, no, no, but it, absolutely. It's about relationships and stakes and character development and, you know, the premise can sometimes be a little bit more outside the realm, but really what you're doing is you're commenting on like a social aspect and maybe you, you, you dial it back or, or put it out more, more full force of yeah. like, this is a world where X is possible. Uh, like for 1984, for instance, this is a world where everything is recorded and you're taking the world that we currently live in and you're dialing it up a, a big, big old notch. Yeah. But you're saying something about our current world by putting it in hyperbole. Yeah. Speaking uh, of improvised Black Mirror. Yes. <laughs> it's like basically the whole concept of Black Mirror. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm like, so, but the relationships still need to be there and the characters still need to be fleshed out. Yeah. Like teach your regular playwriting course and then just not put a stigma on the science fiction and fantasy yeah, that's and then happening. let people use those tools to write a sci-fi fantasy play. It's really, yeah, I mean, everyone who's come in here for the show in the past and kind of talked to me about uh, the productions you guys put on, the conversations we end up having are about the relationships between their characters every single time. If you go back and, you know, in the notes for this, I'll list the other uh, times that other world company members have come in um, to talk about your shows. And it really is like, you know, they're talking about siblings. They're talking about stakes they're talking about you know they're not 
yes, like, did we talk about, you know, like, steampunk and vampires? Of course we did. <laughs> but at the crux of it, when you're really talking about the play itself, it was always about relationships and story. And it's always... and. That's all that it needs. That's what good, you know, that's what good plays are. That's what good LARPing is, I'm sure. Uh, you know what? That's exactly right. It's really about, at the core of it, the story that's being told. I mean, Game of Thrones, I feel like, is a great example of, like, the things that you talk about. Yeah, you'll talk about the dragons. Yeah, you'll talk about, you know, but, like, what, you re- what really you what stays with you is, like, the rivalries, yes. the betrayals, you know, the red wedding. People talk about that. That it's not a that's not a high fantasy moment. <laughs> that's a really good point. That is a very grounded. You know, it was based on a historical event that happened. You know, during the War of the Roses. Right. There was yeah. a wedding that you know everyone got murdered. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that is really grounded in reality. Honestly, like, I've heard a lot of uh, storylines from Game of Thrones are actually kind of co-opted from uh, real, yes, you know. The War of the Roses. The Lancasters. What? <laughs> uh, uh, the Lannisters. Wow. I'm from Lancaster, South Carolina, and I've still never like put that two and two together. <laughs> Even though I knew there were some elements on the show uh, regarding the War of the Roses, I never went Lannisters, Lancasters. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Well, here we are. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I think the. Fa- I mean, I don't want to also negate the awesomeness that is the fantastical element of Game of Thrones. Sure, but what really like the moments that stay with you are honestly the ones that are like grounded, and it's really the world that you get to like, uh, kind of you know lose yourself in, mm-hmm. and then you come back and you come to to you know reality or the place, and then like maybe you'll take something different because you've you've you know cross the threshold as it were into the fairy realm and then you now you've come back and now you've ex- had that experience which is i think like the crux of why science fiction and fantasy is awesome because you get to go to these different worlds and you take something different back that you might not have been able to take if it was a realism you know play that you went and saw totally about yeah. you know a husband and wife and they're bickering about their children and you know she's barren and she can't have children so she you know goes crazy right or she kidnaps a she kidnaps a um a small baby from someone else and brings it back like that that is a play that i saw and i'm like okay if it was a science fiction play she built she builds a pinocchio like cybernetic robot hilarious yeah and then so like it's the same but you get all the same juice out of it yeah it's the same story and you're gonna have another different commentary on it that's what i was gonna say there's even another layer of complexity yes and then like is this child alive is this child actually mine i don't know but like you know it's it's she's she's driven by the same motivation. That's a really the motivations are the analogy. same. Yes, that's a really really interesting uh, you know grounding way to put it. I like that a lot. Uh, do you feel like there is uh, a specific drive to continue to make um, immersive theater, like to kind of keep it in this? Uh, I think live action role play realm. <laughs> I think that audiences do want more out of their theatricals. They do not want to have a fourth wall. Um, they like being a part of it. They like being surrounded by it, their worlds. I feel like that actually has a lot to say about our technology 
and that if they want to watch something and, and be a fourth wall, they'll go home and they'll stay at home. They can do it whenever do it they Hulu. want. You know, like yeah. they'll watch Hulu or Netflix. Um, so I, you know, I think that this space will actually embrace those immersive aspects a little bit. Um, in our plans, like right now, the back, like the the walls where we want to do like a dar- a dark blue. Uh huh. And like the and like have like a night sky on the ceiling, but a lot of that is also being like we can change this to Game of Thrones. Yeah, we can change it to um, a science. We can do it like a Star Trek night. Yeah, this is like the bones, and Great. we can be we and we can change out like the fixtures or like put up more. If we're doing a fantasy play, we can make the lobby a little bit more fantastical. Yeah. Versus if we're doing a sci-fi play, we'll change out those fixtures and do make it feel more science fiction. Um, and like you know. I, <laughs> this is such a small thing, but people get so crazed over like drink specials. Yeah. And when you have drinks that are like themed for the event, people lose their minds. <laughs> and I feel like that's a very yeah. small scale what way. What is that? <laughs> a really small scale way to see, to, to, to pe- for, for interaction, right? Like, yeah. oh, you know, here are the drink specials. This is, you know, P- PBR is on, you know, you can get it for $2 right. tonight. And being like, this is a, this is oh god, we had so many. They're all escaping me right now. Um, for Sailor Moon, for instance, uh, we have a Sailor Moon parody that Other World does, mm-hmm. and there is a Sailor Kitty cocktail, <laughs> and then we have a Negaverse mixer, and those like people like lose their minds. They're like, oh my god, a Sailor Kitty cocktail? If we just did a Kitty cocktail. Not the same. People would right. be like, whatever. We right. said Sailor and, and like, oh, well, now I'm actually drinking Sailor Moon. This is right. different. Um, That's a really good point, though, that it, it, it brings one more level to the immersion. You know, the the idea that, you know, in medieval times you eat the turkey with your hands. It's like, what? Absolutely. <laughs> like, and that's that's always a very interesting thing when I'm when I'm directing for Conquest of the Realm LARP and I have to talk to the caterer and I'm like, OK. This is going to be different. This is no Taco Tuesday. We, I want a hog, and I want to have an apple in its mouth. Right. And I want honey biscuits. And I like. I'm like dealing. I'm like. I'm like seeing all these things, and they're actually actually simpler foods. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. They're. I'm like I, more breads. We like breads. A lot and, of bread. Uh, like stew, corn on the cob, as stew, opposed to uh, stews yeah. are really great for like uh, for like a lunch. You know, mm-hmm. because something really hearty, something that people would have just put all of the. The things from the day before are actually in, and then yeah. make and then give them in like a big wooden bowl or some big shit. Wooden bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the courses are a little have a little more elevated taste, right? Sure. Um, but definitely, when we were like the Rangers, it was like this is the we're thankful for the trees. Right. Let's, let's all that's eat awesome. some stew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really great. Um, and I, so yeah, we've talked a lot about you know like making meals a part of more of like the theatrical experience for mm-hmm. that very reason. Like if we're doing a fantasy, like maybe you sit and you dine and it's all food from that universe that you would eat before you see the play. There's all sorts of things. One of the things that I love to incorporate in my shows now is scent. Mm. Um, I feel like that's that, that set that, that sense is always negated in theater and I think it's so powerful and you don't have to they're alive they're there so like for instance um, when we did the 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 Gone Dark the vampire play I made sure that every room smelled different 
in some Whoa. way. So like the brothel was like <laughs> like peonies and roses and it had a little bit of spice in it. But when we were in the sanctuary, which was supposed to be outside, you know, it smelled like the woods. It was yeah. like a forest, you know, the cedars and, you know, like so, yeah, you know that you're in a church, but like it also smells like outdoors. Yeah. It was so great. I've, that was like one of my favorite parts. And it was like the easiest part to do. But, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like like uh, when I play Skyrim, I love burning a like cedar candle. Uh-huh. It like just brings me more into that <laughs> world while I'm. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That is my gaming tip for everyone. Uh, that's a, oh, to, uh, yes. to light something in your Lights, room. While yeah. You're... Like if you're, whatever game you're playing, be like, what does this smell like? Go to, you know. Marshall's is actually the best for candles because you get really good candles for only eight dollars, uh-huh. but they last forever. Uh-huh. Um, and be like, yeah, this is what this world would smell like. That is such a good. And then you just tip. burn it yeah. right next to wherever you're gaming, and I guarantee you, it will transport you. That's I I read that uh, waitress the musical on Broadway bakes pies in the lobby, so like the whole theater smells like pie, and I was like, fuck of. Of course they have to do that. Like, of course you should do that for that show. Like, it's absolutely critical to that story that this woman bakes beautiful pies, you know, and uh, and then they just sell the pies to people. Like, it's it's so easy. I'm sure it was probably a logistical nightmare in the long run. But to me, as someone who like would die to see that show, that seems like such a no brainer. Yeah, I'll scent and if you get taste that's also amazing yeah uh in the brothel we gave people chocolate <sighs> I love so that. it's very decadent like Sick. even like i mean it wasn't like expensive it was like yeah. rolos right but but Still. like it's the idea of like something melting in your mouth yeah you of get course that, um I mean, tasting chocolate and smelling flowers yeah. like it's immediately you know all romantic all and romantic <laughs> and sultry yeah uh yeah. sexy time yeah uh <laughs> sexy time yeah but you know I'll t- that's a theatrical tip like if you can incorporate scent into your into your into your world into your narratives it's so great if you're gaming around a table and you're out and you're doing a you know your DMD yeah. DM tip DM tip <laughs> yeah burn some candles yeah. man yeah it's great uh-huh. it's great so I have learned a couple of different terms from you like blockbuster LARP yes <laughs> and combat LARP and obviously you've you know gone into a lot of detail because it applies the most to what you guys are doing at Otherworld mm-hmm. with kind of incorporating LARPing into theater. Uh, are there other types of LARPs that you're intrigued by and maybe you haven't explored yet that you're interested in? Or even just something that you you know you may not ever get to, but you know it exists and it's cool. <laughs> there are so many LARPs. Um, I would explore. I would explore. Um, I'm very interested. Like right now, I'm also like, okay, we, we're doing the high fantasy LARP. Mm-hmm. I want to go into more different kinds of LARP. We we've thought about doing a vampire LARP um, in January. Um, where it'd be like a it would be actually the same world of Gone Dark because we really like that world Love and the that. playwright is like all on board. Cool. Uh, but it would be the same world in the 1920s. So oh, it's a wow. 1920s vampire hunter LARP. We're looking at developing. Um, there's also this cave in Wisconsin that you can sleep the night in. And I was what? like, this would be great for a sci-fi LARP. 
Wild. So, wild. Um, but there are LARPs all over the world. Um, that's why it's so... It, it, there is actually not a lot of Midwest LARPs, which is another reason why I was like, well, if they'll build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there is Alliance and Nero, which is kind of like your stereotypical, like, LARPs um, that you might be more akin to, like, from media. Um, but there are... Um, there is a New World Magic, uh, Magic Scola, uh, which is a Harry Potter-style LARP. So if you didn't want to go to Poland... But you'll be willing to go to the East Coast. You can do that. Um, most LARPs are, um, like in the blockbuster style, are called Nordic LARPs. And Nordic LARPs is that a character is pre-written and then you are assigned that character. Okay. So it's a little bit more like you can just jump in. You read the character sheet and you're like, great, this is my this is my forte. Okay. Um, Chronicles isn't like that because I'm all about building character and I feel like it's really important for you to own your character. So you do actually build your character with me, like a GM would for like D&D. Cool. With each person who which does. Which each person has a different. Wow. Yes. Um, I was curious about that because I knew, you know, obviously you have your cast. Right. And the the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was curious as to how the, uh, you know, audiences are, 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 yeah, are so LARPers well, a, interacted there. A patron. There. Looks. Like we have five houses in the realm of Amalur. Chronicles of the Realm World is Amalur. And there's the Corson House, which I briefly talked about. That's like the assassins, black market, rogues. Uh, we have the rangers, which is more of our druids. Uh, but if you're outdoorsy, you'll, you'll you know, the and they, they, they believe in the great spirit that will re- reunite the world of Amalur. Uh, we have the arcanists, and they are the mages of Amalur. Uh, we have the Aldens, which are the Paladin Knights, and then we have the Royals. So that's the five houses of Amalur, and you get to choose which house that, that is so cool that you are affiliated with. And then from that, I'm like, okay, well, you're a Paladin. Well, how did you become a Paladin? Like, and then one person will be like, well, I'm actually new to LARPing, so I don't. You're like, well, oh, then you're the new recruit. Yeah, you're the new recruit, and everyone's gonna pick on you a little bit, oh. but you have to prove yourself. Yeah, and you your... can look to this person and this person to kind of help yes. you figure uh, out what we you're usually, doing. Yeah, we usually have a, like if you're definitely if you're if you, we will write that an NPC will kind of take you under its wing, like, hey, leave her alone. Don't listen to them. You're cool. Oh, you know, like that's so, so, so great. Uh, that's yeah. Our NPCs are like you know we have actually really long rehearsal processes where we like talk about the world and like okay well these you know okay Alden, you're the house leader of Alden. This is a new Alden player. This is her backstory. Man. So they when you walk in they're like oh yes my cousin is here and like they all immediately like recognize you as family or rival. And how exciting for the players, too, to step into something kind of unknown and have someone immediately, like, assume knowledge about them and things like that. And they, what a great way to just, like, yeah, help them feel comfortable um, and immediately in there. Absolutely. Like, uh, for our last one, it was the Rangers. So the the the, the house leader for the Rangers, Erie Moonroot was outside and she was and she's she has like a Scottish accent. Don't ask us why. Uh, but she was and I can't do a Scottish accent. But she's like, "Welcome my brothers to our to our big estate. Welcome. Welcome houses." And she's like, "What are you? Oh, you must be Corson." Uh because it's also color co- cordon, uh color coded. Oh, the houses so like players can genuinely tell other players what great. house they are based on what color they're wearing. That's awesome. Um 
because you know the, the more we can make it easy for players to be like oh this is the world and the, these are the logistics for sure the more that they don't have to be like thinking too much in their non-player brain about right. stuff that's a really good point yeah mm-hmm. what is the what do the numbers look like like how many people are participating like how big is your cast and things like that um well our cast <laughs> our cast is about 17 wow uh which is a big big big, big cast um and uh, our numbers right now for March are around 30. We probably will pick up more people as it gets closer because um, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Sure. People yes. wait less minute. Yes. Um, Hardly anyone. W- yes. I mean, the fact that you already have 30 a month out is like awesome. Yes, pretty <laughs> to, good. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, yeah. Our, our first game was, was 25, but it was our very first game. Yeah. And no one knew who we were. That's still, I mean, awesome. Like, that's... <laughs> Uh, Man, I, 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 I'm like kind of blown away by all of the uh, <laughs> the moving pieces for this. No, it's it's. I mean, and honestly, like, what's really cool about it also is that it's kind of like a vacation package. Mm-hmm. Um, like for food, the story, immersion, and everything, like it's it's around four hundred dollars, which might be like, oh my god, that's so expensive. Mm-hmm. But then when no. you like kind of break it down, like a hotel, what yeah. a hotel would cost, um, all the food, like you get like five meals. That's truly not bad at all. Like, for meals, for room and board, and essentially, like, 48 hours of a play, like, come on. If it's you great. actually worked out what that probably should cost, then, yeah. Yeah, and you're, that's really not and bad. you're in a castle. And, uh, and you stayed in a castle for a weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, if people were curious about how expensive Chronicles is, you know, but there's all types of LARPs. Like, um, they're... They're actually in a, in Italy. They're really popular in Italy. Huh. Italian LARPs, um, <laughs> which I, I mean, I would actually be very frightened to go to a LARP that I didn't know the language of. Yeah. Um, but people do, and they have a great time because they're so welcoming. Yeah. Um, which would be, you know, I'm like oh, almost for that. I kind of want to see what that's like. Um, but yeah, they have a really, they have massive sci-fi LARPs. Um, usually their LARPs are like just one night, but like everything is like almost like a set. It's like a building and it's very like a, like Cinespace almost. And they build out Cinespace for one night gotcha. and then that's the game. Right. Um, and it's a little, a little bit more escape roomy. Yeah. Where like every room is like on the clock and you have to get all these objectives done. It, or, or or you will fail the mission. I had that thought when you said Italy because I I, I guess like e- Europe in general I associate with like escape room culture and us kind of like it making its way across the pond. Uh, yeah, I definitely feel like Chronicles is very like escape roomy in a lot of ways too. Um, just like the riddle aspect and like you having to solve all the clues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think narratively, it's not like you're going to fail the mission. Mm. Just something different's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's more like a choose-your-own-adventure book where you're like, which am I going to choose? I'm going to try, you know, is six page 60 or 62. Right. And our NPCs are, like, ready for, like, all the different outcomes. Man. And they rehearse all the different outcomes. And if something happens, they have to, like, okay, we're going to scrap that storyline. Wow. Um, that actually happens when we don't even anticipate and we have to change our entire script. That happened last game. I was literally just about to ask, like, what happens if somebody goes off book? (laughs) NPCs, you gotta love them. 
Um, especially like it's so much, it, it, it's easier if you're a GM and you're like, okay, we got to change the story. It's one person, but there right. are people like our NPCs because they've been developing these characters. They have to kill their baby sometimes on the fly because of, because a player does something and you're like, well, wow. that can't happen now. Wow. Um, so, uh, like last game, there was a coup that happened in one of the houses and the Royals were trying to take over and overthrow the house leader. Um, which was not something we anticipated, but we're like, okay, we're going to take this gift. And, um, so one of the other house leaders that it was the Royal house and the other house leader was like, okay, we need to strengthen your, your claim. We should unite our houses. And then, and then he was like, okay, great. And then the players were like, yeah, unite your houses. Cause the other Royals were like, let's not have this one player usurp you. Right. Uh, and they're like, you should align yourself with Lady Illyria Corson. Mm. And that's the royal wedding that's happening in chapter Whoa. two. So like the, That's amazing. So like, yeah, so like all of the players for for the in the royal house were like helping Burncroft Belzen, which is the house leader, get the strength to propose to Lady Illyria, and she accepted. And that's the wedding now that that is taking place in chapter two. wild. It's so funny that you say that because my mind did go to when you outlaid all the houses. I was like, wait, I thought she said there was going to be a royal wedding at this other house. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why. So I did have that. uh, I did have that thought. And that's so impressive. That's so cool. And And other NPCs, we didn't have time to tell everyone. So other NPCs were like, well, that's news. Legitimately, like, <laughs> that wasn't taking suppo- in the news. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. And they're like, so what happened? Wow. <laughs> um, Man. Yeah. Like, we had to, you know, there's so many things that we really can't anticipate. And yeah. so you have to just kind of do it on the fly because it's kind of player's choice. We really put our players first and it's their journey and it's their quest. So, you know, and sometimes they think of things that are better than what we thought of. So that's yeah. I I was thinking earlier that it's it's I know you've said this, but what a gift to have that to go into the next chapter with, you know, if if you had a clean slate and had to make all this stuff on your own and kind of guess at what might be the most fun or interesting thing, then it looks totally different than if after your first chapter, a couple of the groups are like, yeah, these two should get married. (laughs) Oh my God, it's so true. Yeah, yeah, and like sometimes we're developing characters and it's even before uh, we get there and somebody's like, you know, I really want, you know, I, I really have this beautiful dress and it has moods on it and I'd love to wear it but I don't know why my character would wear this thing. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, there's a moon cult. You know, it's like, yes, and. Yeah. Well, there's a moon cult. Right. And, you know, you were abducted by them, and yeah. that's why you have this, you know, like, so, so it, the, it starts it with a both dress. ways. Yes. Yeah, as, as and this so, person coming to you and saying, I have this, and you being like, okay, then this. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, so now it's in our player's guide that there's this moon cult, and it would have never happened if this player was like, I have this dress, and I really want to wear it. Hilarious. Um, and then I have to go to the NPC uh, rehearsal and be like, hey, we have this moon cult. Just so you guys know. <laughs> There's a moon cult. Uh, moon mothers. And uh, <laughs> and then they're like, yes, and. You know, like, and, right. and they're great because they're like, I think the first one, it was a little bit more like, whoa, we're changing everything. But now they're like, 
they're more used to they like understand yes and they get, that it's it has like, to be it's kind of improv it's it, kind of sketch it's kind of theater but like yeah we're taking the gifts that the players give us we're like okay yeah there's this mood cult and uh, and then now we've developed this 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 entire society <laughs> over a dress but That's it's great amazing <laughs> it really has kind of stunned me over the years. I, I've never been a huge uh, RPG person, uh, but I have been an improviser for like, you know, a decade. Uh, and to realize how much improv is incorporated has truly surprised me, uh, that it basically is a game of improv. <laughs> and it does feel like LARP it can be a part of that conversation as well. It's like it, it, LARPing seems so much more improv-based than I would have assumed upon finding out about the art form, basically. Yeah, I mean, improvisers love LARP. And I try to tell improvisers this, that you will love it mm -hmm. because everyone is yes-anding mm -hmm. all the time and taking your gifts Maybe even more so than they sometimes might do on stage. Yeah, they take because they have to. Because if they don't commit to the to the to the story that you guys are both telling, then yeah. the whole world falls apart. Right. Yeah. So it's all and about it's not giving... for anyone else. It's just for the people participating. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think that can become uh, a little bit of a barrier of improv is especially for newer players who are trying to get comfortable. Is that they're they're too busy thinking about what the audience like wants and trying to make the audience laugh as opposed to just staying in the scene with whoever their partner is. I always said that the the death of improv is going to be trying to make improv funny. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible impro improviser for that reason because I don't think I'm a funny person. Mm -mm. So what I would always do in my improv classes that I was forced to take <laughs> in, in college, I'm like, I'm bad at this, uh -huh. is I would actually go for serious scenes. Good. Uh, <laughs> Honestly. Like, <laughs> like really like serious like... Because that's, I mean, I was just more, I could write more drama, I yeah. think, on the fly. And, and and these grounded, really serious scenes. And, they and you know, my the teachers would be like, well, kind of. And I'm like, no, that's what you but told also, me to do. But also, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, right. I would love to see, like, a serious, serious play that was totally improvised. That would be so cool to see. That there there's no, there's no, um, you don't have to be witty and you don't have to be funny. You just have to be yes and again in the moment. Yeah. And I actually feel like that's what LARP really is. Yeah. It's like you're taking those gifts. You know the world, I guess. So it's not like you're not, you're not, you have to make up the world on the fly. You right. like read the book. So you have like some guidelines. Yeah. But essentially, like, you know, there have been rivalries that were made right at the spot because someone was like, you know, that was really harmful what you did to my father. And wow. I really wish that you wouldn't have done that. And he's like, well, I wish that, you know, your father wouldn't have written me out of his will when I was doing all, my father was doing all this work. And it's so great. And they're like really dramatic. Yeah. And I was like, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't do any of that. That wasn't us. <laughs> that wasn't us. <laughs> but it was great. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Like just little happy accents happening all over the place. And then everyone being like taking that and, you know. And the NPCs are great because if if someone is like a little unsure, the NPC will be like, hey, you can't be standing in the corner. You got to get to work because you right. are Alden Recruit and this is some serious business. That's so funny. So we'll get them in, you know, like no one feels 
Like even if they're unsure, we'll use we'll use your unsureness Dude. and bring you into the world. But again, man, those are keys in the improv world. Like that I host a weekly show where we have uh, improv students play with like directors and veterans and and um, other uh, more seasoned performers. And that's one of the biggest notes that I give to those vets who are coming in is I'm like, hey, if you see a student who hasn't been in a scene in a while, fucking pull them into the scene. You know, like don't let them, you know, wallflower it and uh and also, if they're doing something great and, and only kind of like toe dipping into it, encourage that, you know, and the people who are the best at jumping in and, and doing that as the veterans are the people who will see someone play this like great character or have this great line or whatever and give themselves a gift and not really know how to make the scene about it or like mm-hmm. kind of succeed with it and they'll take them and kind of force them to do it you know like what that was happens, that you're saying or whatever that it happens is. all the time yeah i'm in, sure in the larp um, i'm sure uh i think we, we we do have a lot of benefits though um because i feel like there's no there's no like performance aspect where i feel like that's where the nervousness might come from sure where, like i have to be funny i have to be witty and there's all these veterans around mm-hmm. and i have to impress and and show that i'm worth it mm-hmm. you know you don't have time to have all those questions in a LARP because cool. we're going to have a battle in like five minutes. And if something and if doesn't you, happen, yeah. It's, it, it's going to happen. Right. So you better be prepared. Right. Um, so, you know, like we kind of have that working for us in our favor. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And like sometimes like it was really funny last time. A uh, player found out a big secret that they were not supposed to find out because they were like so on it. They were looking through the wow. books. We have we, we write entire books like full of lore. That was going to be my next question. Mm-hmm. Was like how much do the players know? Kind of what's coming. Um, they know that there's a wedding. Mm-hmm. They've been invited to the wedding. That's gotcha. what, that's what's of getting to, that's what's getting them there. Yeah, um, yeah. There's also the Casa Lava, which is on Friday night, and that is um like a it's a holiday a holiday in Amalur uh, to give you the really quick and skinny of like a century, no millennia of stuff. Uh, essentially the, the um, there's the realm of mortals, which is where we're in. And then there's the realm of spirits and the door opened for a very brief period of time where spirits went into the realm of men. The paladins hate this. They want, they are, we, we've kind of like t- taken the paladin paradigm and turned it on its head where like they're kind of anti-spirit and they're like more like knights for the men. Cool. And they want the realm of mortals to be the realm of mortals and the spirit, like they don't like this mixing. Okay. But the gr- a, a great spirit came through the door, the doorway, fell in love with a mortal. Um, this love kind of ripped them in half. So then there's Venravan, who is the corrupted spirit and Vinanan, who's the uncorrupted. And they've been at war with each other, like, pretty much. And for Rangers, if they unite again, Amalur will be at peace. (laughs) But, you know, those Rangers and their their highfalutin. Anyway, um, so this Casa Lava is, like, they are reliving that split. Gotcha. So that's what it's and so it's about masks and black and white and if you're if you wear black you're more like Vin Raven and if you're white you're more like Vinanan and so we use like conventions like parties to tell lore. Yeah. But not tell at them. 
You know, like we yeah. want the story not to be like, this is all this lore that you need. to. So maybe make yeah. it fun and interactive. And there's like a mask ball. So you have the, the two halves and there's all these games that you can play that like play on this, you know, this duality as cool. it were. But yeah, we, I, I'm always about if we can, if we can tell it narratively and interactively the, the lore of the world, that's better. We do have books full of lore. Um, that people can investigate. They can pick it up. They're like, oh, this is, you know, a map. What does this map mean? So we have, like, these little nuggets. Um, And there was this library that uh, was in the castle stronghold, and then there was one of the bookcases that you could open, and it was a secret passage, and you could go into this small chapel that you didn't realize was there. Well, them players, that was, like, supposed to be, like, really hidden, and they were like... Hmm. And they like tried all of them and they and they like opened the door wow. and they like found Ven Raven and he was like sitting in the chapel and he was like, oh. Oh, damn. And he was supposed to be hiding there for like a good hour and the wow. players found him. And so he had to like improvise like you found me. Wow. Um, I, you know, like I am the corrupted spirit Ven Raven. He's like, you guys are my sentinels now. And we had to have this whole mechanic that we had no idea. And he's like, he's like, you know, if if you give me, I um, I'll pay you for secrets, you know, with money. And like, so people were like, oh, we'll get your secrets for it. It was crazy. That's wild. And then I get this, you know, and it's funny because we all have spirit boxes, which is our phones. Because that's the only way we can talk to each other. Yeah, of course. That was another question I had. Was like, how does how, how do, do we people all... know? How would anyone know what's going on where they're not? <laughs> uh, our spirit boxes. Because, well, we also like there. Are are some LARPs where you're like no phones you wouldn't know well just no phones are allowed because it breaks immersion sure I'm all about like people want to take pictures people want to remember yeah. you know like the memory of it and stuff of course I'm like mm, they can have their phones yeah. their spirit their boxes their spirit boxes uh <laughs> So we have our spirit boxes and I would like be like you know Van Robin would be like okay well I was a found. A bunch of people just walked in on me. Yeah. So this is, you know, and so everyone gets that message and is like, great, we'll take that gift and we wow. all incorporate it. That's wild. So not only are we improvising like with these face to face, but we're also improvising with knowledge that we get from our phones. That is, that is so cool. <laughs> uh, and and I just like, you know, at the a, after all this, if you can't find something in there to like, at the very least, if you would not be interested in that experience, if you cannot see the appeal, then like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just honestly, I feel like it's media. I think media yeah. has kind of made LARP into a joke. Yeah. Um, and it's really unfortunate because the hobby deserves so much more street cred. Yeah. Um, it's it's like <laughs> I mean, it's like you said, sleep no more is like one of the biggest theatrical things of the last what decade like yeah for sure you know uh, if you don't know what it is you are at least like familiar with the idea that there was like this big immersive show in new york for a long time you know is it still running i think it is i I think so too it's been running for years and years and yeah that's basically larp (laughs) (laughs) it's almost larp it's almost larp almost the it 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 could be LARP, right? If they, and there are certain moments where the the actors do interact with the people who are masked. Gotcha. Which would technically make them role playing, right? They're right. role playing as spirits, right? That are witnessing Macbeth. Yeah. Um. But yeah, 
I mean, I always like looked at when I walked out of Sleep No More, I was like, okay, wouldn't this be so cool to take the same building, make all the floors? One floor is a spaceship and you're navigating the (laughs) ship and then you land and then you have to go down the elevator and you open up the doors and it's an uh, alien landscape and you are part of the crew and it's like Star Trek. Wouldn't that be so great? Dope. And then that everyone, because I was, cool I was so frustrated that no one would talk to me, <laughs> right? And, no, and even the actors that were in the show were not interacting with each other, right? And I just felt I was like, I'm so immersed yet so lost in this world, yeah. And I really want there to be a narrative, and I want there to be a story, and I want there to, I want to drive to something, right? And, and I'm sure there are people who go who are like, thank God they didn't talk to me. But, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that's the great thing about LARP is that if you don't want to be the person to be talked to, we like, you can say, don't talk to me. Right. I oh, want to be I want to really be that funny. person. Yeah. Um, you and can then make we, that your character. That's your character. That Like, cool. you just, you, you observe and you are quiet and you, that, like... You can be that character. And then you can contribute if you mm-hmm. feel the need. And usually, really I, and point. usually, I will get a sense of that, which is sure. why, like, from like, I'm playing you kind meet of with everyone. Yeah, I'm kind of playing dungeon master in that way, um, which is another reason why I get a little bit worried about Nordic LARPs. If you're like a, if you, if you're given a character type that's like, oh, I really don't want to be this flirty, bell of the ball, right? And I'm assigned to this. I mean, I think that they that there's some leeway of like you can return your character sheet and get another sure. character sheet. Um, but that's why I really, you know, I I I, I like I'm I, it's Bioware, right? So like you in in the beginning, I'm like I want to be an elf, I want to be a human, I want you know to have this backstory. My character is aggressive, or my character is. Um, is like a, a paragon, you know, like the, the, those are very like Bioware heavy mechanics. And I'm like, I really respected that in the stories. Cause like when I play those RPGs, I feel way more immersed because I get to name my character right? and I get to, you know, her personality is this and this is how she'll interact with. And this is who she'll romance. Yeah. Um, those are like really big, uh, making it my own story. And we really aim at Chronicles to make everyone feel like a protagonist like they'll have their own arc. relationships and yeah. arc. Arc is really important. We have every single character the possibility of having their own or uh, own arc. That's awesome. Um, should they rise to meet it? Some people, right. some players don't answer the call to adventure, and we respect that. But some very we much want do. That out of it, or they make their own adventure, and yeah. we're like, yes, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that is a ton more work to sit down with everyone, but I can't fathom how much more it would help them be involved in the story uh you know i've done some uh like murder mystery type mm-hmm. parties uh larps a, a totally they are a all LARP. larps i like i've been <laughs> friends with like improvisers slash nerds for like i said like a decade and i've done a lot of uh like themed parties and murder mysteries and my friends and I do not get out of character. We are trying to pursue whatever our character's goals are for the night. And a very one of my best friends has taken to writing her own murder mystery parties for her birthdays. And last time she got, she found out who was going to be able to make it before she wrote all the characters and mm-hmm. catered all the characters to everyone's personality. And the next day, these people who I had like either never met or had only met once, I was just like. Wow, what a perfect character for that person <laughs> because he just got to do this and this and this. And she was like, 
yeah. You know, that's what I wanted it to be. And it took forever, you know, and she was stressed because she was afraid, like, well, what if this person doesn't come or whatever? But it was so much more fun than if she just paid, you know, like 40 bucks to buy like the Flappers uh, Casino Mystery or whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, that's a that's a thing that I wanted to bring up, too, is that like that's a LARP. Mm -hmm. People are like, don't realize that they have probably LARP before. Yes. Um, If you've bet if you've done Dungeons and Dragons, you I'm sorry. It's totally if you've done it live. It's LARP. Dungeons and Dragons uh, is just sitting at a table. A haunted LARP. house, <laughs> yeah, is is could be considered a LARP. Uh, yeah, Eddie Murder Mystery Dinner Theater is probably a LARP. Yeah, uh, paintballing, laser tag. If you've acted like a badass and yeah. you've been going around shooting people, you're LARPing. That's uh, hilarious. So. Yeah, I just I don't understand why there's a stigma. Honestly, like just. If you just Google LARP, you'll see these beautiful <laughs> costumes, and you probably will Google it as much as you've Googled cosplay in the past. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, they just get to go to a castle and then LARP as that character Which and act as that character for two weeks. Which seems cooler than cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you would feel remiss to not mention where LARP is concerned? It's just so much fun. and And the friendships that you form... That's like, that's the thing, that's like the happiest accident that I, you know, I didn't make the slurp to have more friends, <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> I'm not that lame, I promise. Right. That I just don't like make things like people are going to come to this and then be my friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I've like the friendships that I have formed from, from doing these quests and these adventures, they're like it's probably going to last my entire life. And I'm like the organizer. Yeah. There are people who meet other people in the LARP and they're like, oh my God, like let's hang out after this yeah. and we'll talk about the LARP and then they, then they go do other things. And I'm like, oh my God, all of these beautiful relationships happened because we all came together for a weekend and told a story. Yeah. Uh, that makes it worth it. Of course. By itself. And then, you know, these people come to other world things and they're like oh my god you know like I wanted to come out and support you lady listener uh, that's what I am in the, in the LARP I'm the lady listener uh, cause I, I I'm the, pretty much the DM I make sure right. that if anything goes bad goes down yeah. I can be there so right. I just listen and I wear silver and white and go around and be creepy awesome um but yeah, it's like, oh, lady, listen. they still call me that. Oh, lady listener, like, it's so great to see you, you know. And I'm like, it's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, you know, I cherish it. I cherish it so much. And like the NPCs, like we're all friends and we get to tell the story together just for a weekend. And everyone just wants to, you know, just relish in the story and then and then be friends. It's just so great. It's you can't, really you can't force that, and it just happened naturally. And I'm so blessed to have the, those kind of players. That's that's awesome because it's always been something that I've sought from my creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you know, like you said, it was just well, I'll do this so that I make friends, or it just happens naturally because the people that you're you know making uh, comedy and and other art with are people that you like being around and talking to and being friends with. So it's it's lovely to extend that to a larger group of people who get to like kind of be in on that with you. Uh, how would you say that LARP has influenced you creatively and kind of uh, your life in general? I you know. know, like there are so many 
there's so many skill sets that I had to develop uh, through LARP <laughs> that I, you know, like writing skill, like mm-hmm. like things that I would never have labeled myself as mm-hmm. um, before this. Like, oh, I'm a director. Like, I know how to facilitate relationships. I know how to help actors mm-hmm. get to the relationship or, or the meat of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to bring all these creative minds together and organize it in a way that something magical happens. Mm-hmm. Um, facilitator. I'm not a writer. I'm not an actor. I'm not I, like all these things, all of these excuses, really. I didn't know they were excuses at the time, but they're right. excuses. Yeah. Um, I've had to build costumes. I've had to learn how to warp foam. I've had to make shields. I've had to, like, I've had to create entire books full of lore knowledge, so I had to be a writer. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Set so, dressing. Set, like, all these things. And, and I've learned so, so much. Like, what makes a good story? Or how to talk to someone who, like, and get them out of their shell. Like, I learned that skill set because it just had to happen. Because it is one. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and, and the facilitator is definitely still there. And I definitely still feel always the presence of being Mama Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> of being lady Ma- listener. Being lady listener, Mama Bear, are you fed? Yeah. You look dehydrated. You need some water. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You need an apple. Yeah. I gave an apple to uh, someone who I felt, I felt like, you need some, you need some sugar. Adorable. Uh, <laughs> lady listener apples. Um, but yeah, uh, and then of course that also translates into my theatrical work. Uh, you know, the immersion aspect, you know, I think of Gone Dark and being like, you know, I could have upped that by doing X, Y, Z if I do an immersive show again. Um, like talking about the space and what I want the space to be that community hub, but also being a transformative space, um, and how to make that a transformative space quickly and elegantly, um, without having to redo the entire space, like we'll we'll have dark blue walls because I feel like that's a great base, mm-hmm. and we'll make a, a night sky, which I think works for science fiction or fantasy, and we'll just change out fixtures, mm-hmm. and that will be an easy thing. So if we're doing Game of Thrones opening night party or whatever for the season, or if we're doing, uh, you know, Star Trek Discovery season two opening, we can do the same space and we'll just change it out with lights. Perfect lights, sound, scent. Yeah. Don't forget scent. Yeah. If you take anything away from this podcast, scent is so important. <laughs> Give yourself the uh, other scents. Yes. So many tools. So many tools. So many relationships. So much love. So much love for stories. I love storytelling. That... We talk about it all day. Your podcast would be so long. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's totally the underlying thing here. And it's really funny uh, to me that that was kind of the the impetus for you jumping into, you know, more immersive LARP style theater was like, we got to have more of a story here. <laughs> I got to have something to work with. I need more story. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank this you for having me. This has been so- a total joy. Oh, my goodness. I'm blushing. You can't see it, but I'm <laughs> blushing. Uh, best of luck with the campaign and with getting the theater open and I hope all of that goes incredibly smoothly (laughs) it never does but thank you (laughs) the journey the journey the quest Uh, truly I love you and I mean that yes thank you
This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.